Hey guys, and welcome back to the Talk Bible to Me podcast. So excited you're here. I'm Megan Rawlings, and I am joined by my wonderful, beautiful friend. Emily Richardson. Wonderful. Emily, what is your go-to karaoke song? Oh, man. You caught me off guard with that one. I had to. Um, I need a gut reaction. No, thank you. you. Whitney Houston. What? Whitney Houston's your go-to karaoke? Do you enjoy making people just like, listen, no. Karaoke is not for people who can sing, okay? That's just what came to mind. No. Every time I go to Colorado for work, Wednesday nights, we go out for karaoke. It's a Mm -hmm. thing, okay? And I get really mad when people can actually sing. But I don't. I don't actually sing. When I do karaoke. When I do karaoke. Oh, I was like, seriously, I will put up Facebook video. <laughs> so I'm Break not a singer. Here. I'm not a singer, but I am a performer. I give a performance. Like my life I depends on it. I 100% see that. And so this last time we went, everyone was singing like Leonard Skinner. <laughs> yeah. And I said, okay, Spice Girls. And they were not amused. At all. Like, they hated it. <laughs> one guy said. The one 90s jams. What? 90s jams. Those are the go-to. Yeah. And I can rap the Spice Girls rap and wannabe. <laughs> Bet you can. I would do it right now, but, you know, royalties and all. So. <laughs> <laughs> and our listeners would never turn back in to our <laughs> podcast. So, <laughs> better stop in there. <laughs> Oh gosh! No, you have to drag me to do karaoke. I'm too. I'm too introverted for it. And I think, like, because I do actually sing, that I'm always caught between, like, do I pretend that I don't sing? Yes, I really sing, but then everybody hates that. Yeah, we hate that. Don't do that. Then I'm just stuck because I can't. I'm not a liar, okay? So I can't just go up there. You I don't guess. have to tell people you're a bad singer or a good singer. That's You're not lying. You're just doing it. It's not a lie. It feels my conscience. It gets to me. Can you run really fast? No. Can you jog? I can, but I don't. Okay. So when you walk, are you lying because you're not jogging? No. That's literally what you're saying. If I'm not not <laughs> And that is why you're not a lawyer, okay? (laughs) Speaking of karaoke and lying, let's segue into Hosea chapter 8. You going to sing it? Um, yep. Here we go. Well, I mean, it starts off with musical instruments, so toot that horn. Toot, toot. Look at you. That's exactly right. Um. I have a couple notes before we get started. Would you mind if I shared them? Go for it. Okay. Um, Near the end of the book, uh, Hosea and God um, antiphonally speak in lamentation over Israel's sin. And that's by D.A. Garrett. Do you know what antiphonally means? I do not. That's okay. I didn't either. I had to Google it. It's like um, in Psalms. And so um, this is like Hosea and Yahweh. 
as he says. I said God, you know. Um, speaking in Psalms, in lamentation form, over Israel's sin. And that's what we're getting ready to read. Okay. So there's that. There it is. Um, and it's also because it's Hosea and God talking back and forth. Um, we're talking together, rather. Um, it just kind of seals the deal and showing that Hosea is a prophet. He is speaking the words of God mm-hmm. to people, which is what a prophet is. Yep. To clarify what a prophet is not, a prophet is not someone who predicts the future. <laughs> it is someone who gives a message from God. Yep. Um, both Yahweh, I keep saying Yahweh because that's what's written and it's throwing me off. Both God and Hosea have experienced unfaithful wives. And so this is the story of them. And so it will be altering between first and third person. And so that's why, because it's two separate people. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Should we get started? Let's do it. Okay. Um, I'll read verse one. Cool. Do it. Put the trumpet to your lips. I'm going to read this. Um, I want to read this as if it were like slam poetry. I'm ready for this. I'm going to try. I've never done it before, but I've done for everything. There's two things in life I've always wanted to do. One is a career and one is an experience. I've always wanted to be a stand-up comedian as a career. The problem is, as I've said before, I'm not funny and I don't have comedic timing. So that's a problem. The second, I've always wanted to try like spoken word or like slam poetry, you know? Now is the time. This is my time to shine, girls. All right. Put the trumpet to your lips. An eagle is over the house. Of the Lord. Because the people have broken my covenant and rebelled against my law. (laughs) No, I have no words. Well done. So I have no future in poetry is what you're telling me. (laughs) You know, I think, I think. I think this will be an episode that will go down in in history. Megan, I think this is the beginning of your career. Emily, I thought you said you didn't lie. <laughs> I'm I'm not lying, I'm encouraging. I'm encouraging no, you. You're flattering, and flattery is a lie. <laughs> you got me. I did. All, you need- all have fallen short, including myself. Iron sharpens iron, so you need to go repent. Now let's get to it. (laughs) Um, You go first. All right. Um, So yours said vulture, mine, or yours said eagle, mine said vulture. Um, And that one like a vulture or an eagle is uh, describing Assyria. Uh, So it's talking about this, this country that they had paired up with and to call it at least in in my, it'd be interesting. I actually did not look it up and I should have to prep for this because I didn't realize the Eagle was the other one. Um, But what are vultures known for? They're known for eating the insides of dead animals. So yeah, that was the first note that I had. I'm going to read mine. You don't care. D.A. Garrett. 
So I'm going to read mine. I thought you were done. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was. Yeah. I think there's a delay. So forgive me for that. D.A. Garrett, um, you'll appreciate this, Emily. The opening call to put the trumpet to your lips and eagle is over the house of the Lord is literally to your palate, shofar, like the vulture over the house of Yahweh. And scholars have naturally wondered over the meaning of this elliptical line. One does not play the shofar with the palate. There is no verb such as put with shofar. It is not clear exactly what it's supposed to mean to be like the vulture, and it is unusual that Israel will be called house of Yahweh, a term that almost always refers to the tent of meeting or the Jerusalem temple. Mm-hmm. The most widely accepted interpretation is that it means something like set the shofar to your mouth. Someone is over the house of Yahweh like a vulture. Mm-hmm. Um, again, if you guys listen to the introduction, um, it says that this is one of the hardest books for um, <laughs> translating and interpreting. So yep. this is what they were talking about. Yep. Um, and Garrett continues. So interpreted, the line means that watchmen should sound the alarm because an enemy is swooping down on Israel like an eagle or vulture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, the the second note I had on that is why would God allow something like this to happen? Why would he let a vulture fly over his house? But it's because of two things. The last two lines, because Israel had transgressed his covenant and because they had rebelled against his law. And so this is basically their consequence. He's going to allow Assyria to overtake them because they, um, I think I said earlier, they they were working with Assyria. What I meant was that Assyria would overtake them. Um, so I messed that up. But God is allowing it because that is that's the consequence of their actions and what they've been doing. Perfect. Yep. All right. Where you want to go next? How far? I want to try again. Two and three. Go. There you go. <laughs> no, you go. <laughs> I want to hear you try. I'm. You know what? That is the equivalent of karaoke, and I. I will not. I will not shame myself. Are you saying that you're so amazing you can't lie about being bad? <laughs> no, I'm saying that I'm introvert <laughs> and spoken word on a, on the fly is. You know what? You made me do karaoke in the car. To That's everybody right. listening to this, she she made me karaoke, and I'm still scarred by it. Oh, I shit. have I have the spiritual gift, and I swear it's a spiritual gift of making people do things they don't want to do. Yeah, for Jesus, I'm dead serious. I'm so serious. I just have this thing where all I do is ask, and people just say yes, and then the people surrounding them who know them best are like. What just happened? So, for example, I met Emily um, on a trip and on a pastor's conference trip. And I was like, hey, do you want to do a podcast with me? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, hey, you should start writing more and like being a freelance writer. And she was like, okay, and just did it. And her husband was like, are you serious? I've been trying to do that forever. And um, that's a little small plug. Go ahead and check out the Christian Standard. She's a featured oh um, writer. So she, it's a featured writer. Um, check out the Christian Standard this month. This It's bi-monthly. So go check it out at thechristianstandard.org. She's on there. Additionally, um, she just wrote this killer article for Renew.org. So just go check out my friend Emily, who's kicking butt and taking names. Now, 
to wrap this story up, I also asked her, um, I said, will you and your husband do karaoke, carpool karaoke for my job? And she was just like, okay. (laughs) And then I sang, man, I feel like a woman. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. Her husband did a little bit of a better job getting into it and cheesing it up. But I mean, because he's the extrovert of our relationship. (laughs) He he loves that song. So, (laughs) Um, yeah. And then I went to lunch with you guys and I asked your husband to do some stuff. And he said, yes. And you were like, don't you want to pray about it? And he looked at Emily and said, she's really good at this. That's what she does. And that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here today because she has the spiritual gift. I just ask. I don't think there's anything to it. I just ask and people feel guilty because it's for God. So I feel like they're just like, I have to. Like we have youth, youth read passages of scripture. Um, before my husband preaches or my father-in-law preaches. And so I was talking to a couple of girls today who were like super introverted and like don't want attention. And I said, you need to do this. Would you be willing to do it? And she looked at me and goes, yeah, I'll do it. And her mom goes, what? You're not going to pray about it? And she goes, mom, it's for God. And I was like, are you okay? And she goes, I'm a little nervous. And she's just like, I can't breathe, but it's going to be fine. What's it like having everybody just fall at your feet saying yes to everything that you ask? You know, I would love to be like, this is such a great gift, but it's a great responsibility. It is. Because I really have to watch it because, no, it's great. (laughs) Maybe you could be a lawyer. (laughs) No, no, no. I I don't like, it's not manipulative. I swear. I literally just ask. And yep. people are just like, I mean, I, I have experienced it. I don't feel manipulated. I feel like you just know what's best for me. And I just, <laughs> okay, here we go. I'm Chick-fil-A in the human form. Again, if I mess up your order, I know what's best. Chick-fil-A in the human form. Oh my gosh. All right. Verses two through three. Is that where we're at next? Two oh my gosh. Three. Yeah. We got to get going. Do, do your spoken word. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, no, it'll be it'll be regular. I am actually resisting the Megan. <laughs> <laughs> to me, we cry, my God, we, Israel, know you. Israel has spurned the good. The enemy shall pursue him. What you got? Good here um, is a super, like, general word. And um, Garrett tells us that we should treat it just like that. It refers to God himself as the ultimate good, the good teachings of the Torah, the right way of living, and the benefits that come from faithfulness to God. That's all I got. Thank yeah. you, Leah Garrett. I, uh, I connected this to Romans 8, 28, that God works all things together for the good of those who love him. Uh, and so often we interpret that verse to mean like all the wonderful things in our life that he'll give us, but the good is actually knowing and serving him and becoming more like him. So the consequence of not knowing or serving him, those who reject that good, Israel rejected the good. The consequence is that the enemy will pursue you. And that's, you know, for them, it was Assyria. But, you know, when we're talking about scripture as a whole, the enemy, we we all have an enemy. Satan will pursue us if we are not pursuing the good that God has for us, which is becoming more like him. If we're not becoming more like him, we're becoming less like him. So that's what I got there. 
right on. Okay. You want to do five through seven? I can read it. Go for it. Samaria, throw out your calf idol. My anger burn against them. How long will they be incapable of impurity? <laughs> They're from Israel. It, it reminds me of like, how long do I have to deal with this wicked generation? Mm-hmm. Jesus said that. Okay. They are from Israel. This calf, a metal worker, has made it. It is not God. It will be broken in pieces. The calf of Samaria. They sow the wind and reap the whirlwind. The stalk has no head. It will produce no flower. Were it to yield grain, foreigners would swallow it up. I love the, like, reality check that he gives here. Mm -hmm. Um, this calf is made by a metal worker. This is not God. God is not made, mm-hmm. let alone by a metal worker. <laughs> like, yeah, it should be common sense. It just should be. But it's, I don't know. I love the the literal meaning for uh, "I have spurned your calf." Is your it literally means your calf stinks. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, my father-in-law calls it bovine. Uh, bovine. Oh, what do you call it? <laughs> You'll think of it as soon as this is done recording. Probably <laughs> bovine toxicology or something like that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Anyway, that's yeah. I can't remember. I'll they were you. they were a stench before God because they were man-made and anything that. We worship that's not him. Mm -hmm. Which is a great contrast to um, different places in scripture like the Psalms or um, you'll see in like Leviticus, um, the the aromas of sacrifices are pleasing. It's a pleasing smell to him. Mm -hmm. This does not mean that God is literally smelling things. This is just Mm -hmm. metaphorical. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, The first part of this verse is often taken as a proverb. Fun fact. Is it? I didn't know that. Let's see. I'm looking at the rest of my notes here. Me too. I was looking. Um, oh, go ahead. Okay. Um, so it says that Israel, they sow the wind and they shall reap the whirlwind. Uh, uh, the standing grain has no heads. It shall yield no flower. Um, it's talking about that Israel sowed sin. Like they, they literally were, not literally, they were, committing sin against the Lord. So they, this picture here is that they sowed sin. And so what they reaped was actually their, their literal fields did not yield for them. So their punishment for sowing sin and walking away from the Lord was that they did not, their crops did not yield back for them. Yeah. Cause they were depending on things instead of God for their provision. Also remember um, during this time, farmers sowed by hand. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so they would just often take the seed and they would just like scatter it. And we mm-hmm. see that in Jesus parables as well. Yeah. Um, the high wind would have blown it away as well. So it would have, that's just another added on. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 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 The whirlwind. Got anything else? Nope. Okay. What do you want to, <laughs> we're getting tired. <laughs> Eight through 10. <laughs> All right. Um, Israel is swallowed up. Already they were among the nations as a useless vessel, for they have gone up to Assyria, a wild donkey wandering alone. Ephraim has hired lovers. Though they hire allies among the nations, I will soon gather them up, and the king and princes shall, shall soon rise because of the tribute. 
<laughs> Gary, I, I literally wrote this out because I thought it was hilarious. He said, once again, we are confronted with exceptionally difficult Hebrew in this passage. <laughs> I mean, even in English, I think there's just so many words. There's so many words here. <laughs> All right, pass. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, Israel is followed up. Um, it's like something no one wants. Um, which I think, I don't know. I think that really sticks out to me because I have this, like, everybody wants to be wanted and everybody wants to be liked, you know, and to be, maybe that's like something that I really struggle with, um, to a sinful degree a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And so I really have to set boundaries and keep myself in check with that. And I have, I've talked to friends and we have, you know things set in place to guard that um but to hear like something no one wants just kind of made my heart like oh poor thing (laughs) yep and then the uh description of them a wild donkey wandering alone so donkeys are they're known for their stubbornness and having their own way Mm -hmm. so i'm not a farmer i've not been around donkeys much but i do i do know a lot of these metaphors with donkeys i mean they're not the most like charming of animals. And when you call somebody a donkey, it's not typically a compliment. So <laughs> yep. so I think it's kind of the same, the same picture here. They're saying you're stubborn and you're not listening to me. Um, and then again, the Israelites kept looking to everyone else for their help instead of God. So their punishment would be captivity to not only the Assyrians, but captivity really to their sin as well. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. Okay. 11 through 13. Okay. Though Ephraim built many altars for sin offerings, they have become altars for sinning. Ooh. I wrote for them the many things of my law, but they regarded them as something foreign. Though they offer sacrifices as gifts to me, and though they eat the meat, the Lord is not pleased with them. Now he will remember their wickedness and punish their sins. They will return to Egypt. Oh, man. So instead of using the altars to worship God, they were using the altars to sin. And just that, even that picture alone, um, I mean... It feels like something that's not relatable when you think of it at first, because we don't we don't have altars here in our culture. But I think that we do. I think that even in our own churches, there's this tendency to use the church to sin instead of using it to worship God. I mean, a lot of churches will turn worship into a performance instead of actually worshiping him. Um, Just things like that, that just culturally we miss that. We miss what that looks like to use something that's meant to be for God for our good or for our glory, I guess. Mm-hmm. Garrett said these altars, because I was like, well, what's the, um, what does it mean that the altar, they've made it sinful? What did I just say? Sin offerings. They built many altars for sin offerings, but they became altars for sinning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he said these, I, I wanted to know what that meant. He said these altars became at best emblems for false theology of easy grace, which I like to call cheap grace. Mm-hmm. Um, 
at worst sites for the immorality of the fertility cults. Mm. Mm-hmm. Gross. Yep. Yeah, there's some crazy stuff going on. All right, sis. Let's do 14 to knock it out. You ready? Ready. Go for it. Okay. For Israel has forgotten his maker and built palaces, and Judah has multiplied fortified cities. So I will send a fire upon his cities, and it shall devour her strongholds. So, again, Israel had forgotten who created them, and they were looking to idols. They were looking to the created instead of the creator. So, God says, I'm going to burn it up. (laughs) Kind of like Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I just feel like it's that's kind of like the the bottom line of, I mean— Reading these, it can feel kind of repetitive. All of these, even these episodes can feel repetitive. We're reading kind of the same things over and over again, but this is, it's really a picture of the cycles they got into over and over again, they're sinning. And the same thing we do in our own hearts, we over and over again, we turn back to our sin and we choose other things over God. But I think this whole thing is such a good, a good warning of whatever you put before God, it doesn't matter what it is, whatever you put before him is going to separate you from him. So if you are turning to something before you turn to God, even if it's a good thing in general, (laughs) it can become a bad thing when it's a God thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, that's chapter eight. I hope you enjoyed it. We're four podcast episodes away from finishing up Hosea. Um, Should we tell them what we're doing next or just like leave the suspense? Leave the suspense. Can we give him a hint? I mean, you're the boss. You can, you can tell him. Boss, this is a joint effort here. Should we give him a hint? Let's give him a hint. Okay. First. First clue. (laughs) That was my clue. (laughs) This, This author wrote five books. Of the Bible. There you go. I think that gave it away. Might have. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. Why don't you guys, for a chance to win $5 off any Bible study, anything about that? I love that. Okay. For $5 off any of our Bible studies, tell us what you think the next podcast season will be about <laughs> that was my same poetry <laughs> like spoken word that one out for a dramatic event all right you get it right five dollars off your bible study i'm so excited it's gonna be cool it's gonna yeah it'll be a good one and then after we finish that one we will be doing advent because it'll be christmas time yep i hope oh my gosh that's coming up too fast. I know. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. My sister was like, oh, yeah, in two weeks for Labor Day. I was like, what? <sighs> it's almost yeah. September? What happened? Where did every where did time go? It flew. <sighs> it flew. Yeah. Cool, cool. All right, ladies. Well, if you will do us a favor, give us a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts. If you don't like us, don't touch the rating scale. Just don't listen to us anymore. <laughs> Out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, we are an extension of the Bold Movement, which is a women's ministry dedicated to taking women deeper into the Word of God. We're so excited you tuned in. Again, I'm Megan Rawlings, joined by my lovely co-host, Emily Richardson. Now go out and be bold, ladies.